Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Good morning. It's a great day. Sundays are great, aren't they? Yeah, you got to love Sunday. No, you got to love Sunday. All right. Okay, so let's go straight. Um, actually, before I start, um, <clears throat> I just want to say something that uh, I think most of us know uh, that quite often God will speak to people um, in maybe a picture or a vision or something, um, or an impression of something. So I really, I have a scripture running through my head that uh, it's actually, where I think Paul the Apostle said it, and it was, by now you should be teachers, and he, he's talking to the church. Um, but I actually, I, I actually had a strong impression that there's somebody who, who might well be here this morning that you've, you have a, a passion to be a teacher and something has stopped you doing that, possibly finances um, or something like that. So I really feel that if that's, you know, you kind of were born with this passion and I believe it came from God. I feel that the Lord is saying to you, he, this is what he put in you. You haven't been able to, to do that, to become a teacher. But he says... He can make that happen. So he can provide the finances. Now, I don't know if you want to acknowledge yourself or if you want to get prayed for later, that's fine. It's not about that anyway. It's about getting the job done and getting, so you know, just, if that resonates in your heart, I don't understand why you want to be a teacher, but you know, I am definitely called to not be a teacher. There would be too much violence involved. That would come from my side. But anyway, so our first scripture, we're looking at the theme, Christmas is light. Um, our first scripture is 1 John 1, 5 to 10, which will come up on the screen, I believe. Let me read it to you. I like these little John books. So did Robin Hood. He liked little John. Come on. It's the best I can do at the moment. 1 John one there it is this is a message we have heard from him and declared to you God is light and in him, in him there is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness we lie and do not live out the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin brilliant God is light. Not, that's not God has light or God gives light. God is light. Same as the scripture also says, God is love. And you know, the whole theme of light is quite interesting. You could, you could preach for months on the theme of light. But I think the main thing at Christmas time, and we should maybe, because when you're a Christian a long time, you kind of get used to it, don't you? Sometimes we forget that we've been forgiven of our sins. You know, we've had the greatest gift in the universe, freely given to us. And it's something that we can rejoice in. We get used to it, we get familiar, and you know, they will say, familiarity breeds contempt. And sometimes we can be a little bit, maybe not contemptuous, but just a little bit blasé. But we have been saved from a lost eternity. I thank God for that. After, you know, over 30 odd years for me now, 
but it's still fresh. It's still like, my goodness, I have been saved from a lost eternity. And I want to say to you this morning, have you been saved? You know, when you're saved, it means that you've been rescued from something bad. And the Bible says, Jesus said, you must be born again. You know, there's no kind of, there's no way around this. It doesn't matter if you disagree with it. It doesn't matter if you think God's right or wrong. This is happening. Judgment day is coming, you know. And Christmas is about light. The, the, the baby was born so that he could grow up to be the man who would die for our sins. That's the gift of Christmas, isn't it? That's the real light. And you know what? We could stop here and say no more and you could worship the rest of the morning just on that one theme that we have been saved. We have been given light, amen? So, you know, whatever circumstance you're in, good, bad, or indifferent, in the middle of that, remember, you are saved. Your future is sealed in Christ. You have the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. That's why he came, that's the guarantee. It belongs to us, we have it, and nobody can take it away from us, amen? reason to rejoice that God is light and he has done that so <clears throat> that's the great bit there and we have another scripture in Ephesians 5 8 to 14 I'm just really being lazy yep reading off the screen I can't see my Bible anyway I can't see my Bible with reading glasses we're in a bad way so this is um, Paul talking to, I believe it's Paul talking to, the, talking to the church. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the, in the Lord. Live as children of light. Amen. You know, that's quite plain and simple. Um, I actually wanted to, I need to read on to another little scripture in that. This is the Bible, now available in print. It's actually quicker to look it up than it is to look it up on a device for me. That scripture follows on and says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. Now it talks about light there but I love this phrase for the fruit of the light. Light has fruit. The Bible talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus uses those analogies about fruit and harvest and stuff. But light brings fruit. Whenever you shine the light, whenever the light of God comes into our lives, it produces good things, yeah? When we respond to that light and, and we, we repent of our sins, we get saved and we move into the area of working with the Holy Spirit and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work with us, then what we have then is fruit of light. See, and I've never actually saw that before in all these years, the fruit of the light. And it says it brings righteousness. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Could only be do with some goodness. There's a lot of badness around, isn't there? There's enough badness. You know, I'd be glad when we get to, is it March when we get through this whole Europe thing? Oh my life, I'm fed up listening to it. Just do it, you know. It just proves that voting makes no difference, doesn't it? Everybody's trying to reverse the vote. I'm not, I'm not doing political statements, I'm just saying I'm tired of it, you know. 
It's, it's the thing, it's, and it's all scaremongering, like, we're all going to die if we leave you. For goodness sake, come on, you know. But um, we need some goodness and some light that brings fruit. Uh, there's a scripture that's not on the screen, but it's in Acts 17, verse 28. I, I love this scripture. It says, in him, in him, we live and move and have our being. And I just really um, <clears throat> was touched by that scripture. It, it's, it's a sort of a, it's one of those scriptures, if you think about it a lot, you can get a lot of revelation on it. You just, it, in him, because if, when you're born again, you are in him, he is in you. It's like, you know, people say, oh, I'm not near God, I'm not close to God. How can you not be close to God if he lives inside you? You just, you just don't feel it. Feelings are not facts. Always remember that. You are in Christ. Amen. Whether you're on your deathbed, whether you're having an awful day at work or at home, whether your life has fallen apart, you are in Christ. Never forget that. Yeah? In him we live and move and have our being. So wherever we go, Christ goes. It can't not happen. It's impossible. You know, you walk into a room, you bring Jesus. You don't always feel it. Other people do. We are a light. We're going to go on later and talk about the, we're the light of the world. So I just want to think, I just want to say to us really to remind us that we are in Christ. And I really felt God said that he wants to redeem our time. You know, I don't know about you, I've, I, I'm good at wasting time. You know, they say that friends are people you waste time with, so that's, I think that's a good thing, but I actually don't worry anymore about time. People sometimes panic about time. Well, you're running out of time. God can do in five minutes what might take somebody else five years. You know, but God with us wants to redeem the time. And for many of us, there's, you know, he also wants, to, that scripture, as we know, he wants to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. You know, the, the devil's a thief and a liar, but he has stolen things from us. He has influenced our lives and our family. He has taken and robbed and tried to destroy. Um, but you know, God can redeem that all in, in a split second. You can have more success in the last five years of your life, spiritually speaking, than you had in 70 years of your life. Because God doesn't do time the way we do time. We're not running out of time. We're actually just moving towards eternity. Do you see what I mean? God doesn't live in time, so we, therefore we don't need to worry about time. We must do what we need to do while we have time, but God is a, is a redeemer of that. Do you see what I mean? You, maybe you had a, a specific gift years ago that was working well, and then whatever happened, it's gotten buried or put to sleep. God can bring that back in a second. I, you know, and to be honest, if you talk to more than three people, you'll find some unused gifts, something buried. So I'm not, it's not even, that's not even a prophecy. That's just a fact. You talk to a room full of people, there will be things that, that they've put to sleep. And the Lord's saying, I want to wake that back up again in you. And I want it to be redeemed. And it, See, the Holy Spirit will, wait, will stand beside you and wait for 30 years to, to achieve God's will. He, when you're going through all that little wildernessy, walking around, don't know what's going on, gazing at your navel, going, what's it all about, Lord? Why am I here? All that silly internal nonsense, which we should just forget about and just enjoy God. Stop, stop analyzing. Stop overanalyzing everything. Why am I here? I'm here to achieve God's will. Yeah? But the Lord wants to redeem our time. I really feel that's important for us all. 
So I want to allow him today to wake that up in you so that once more you can say, in him I, I live and I move and I have my being in Christ. Yeah? Wake up. Speaking to the gifts, the Bible says stir up the gifts that are within you. Stir up your ability. Stir up all of that that God wants to do. Amen? So, in, in just on this subject, in him we live and move and have our being. Who watches strictly? Admit it. Now you can repent. No. I watch it because I live in the same house as my wife. So it's either go upstairs, go out, or watch it. It's okay. It's just too long, but it's all right. But my point is, you know when you get into the, the, the last three or four shows, you see these people who couldn't dance, and all of a sudden there's a switch. It's like somebody flicks a switch in them, and they are dancing, and they are dancing well. And they, they, have, they were people who were trying, and then now they have become dancers. Well, I, I wanna, I'm, I wanna, I'm trying to spiritualize. I'm trying to spiritualize strictly. Tell you what, if I can spiritualize X Factor, that's a miracle. But I'm spiritualizing it in a sense of, I feel like God's wanting to say to us, in him we live and move and have our being. There's a place where we must become who we are. Does that make sense? We must begin to go, I'm no longer a novice. I'm no longer swayed by every circumstance. I'm no longer swayed by every negative word or, or any other, other idiot around me. I am in Christ and I am living and moving and having my being. And that's the light of revelation that we need to have. And, and yeah, it really is. And it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian 50 years or five minutes, you can advance forward by an act of your will. You can say no. It's like the people in Strictly, now they are dancers. A lot of those people will dance for the rest of their lives because it's become part of them. You know what I mean? Um, and what, what you, what you um, whatever you do by reason of use becomes more and more part of you. You know, um, I like praying for sick people. I know that when I pray for sick people, people will get healed. Oh, that's really arrogant. Yes, it is arrogant. God has made me arrogant. I, I'm not an arrogant person. Never, I was always very quiet and shy. God is, I get more arrogant as I get older. It's, it's weird. But it's the arrogance of the Holy Spirit. It's not really arrogance. It's confidence. How do I know God will do that? If I pray for people, how do I know that they'll get healed? At least some of them will. How do I know that? It's in the Word. They will lay hands on the sick people and they will recover. God said it. It's going to happen. You know, I'm not all about numbers and percentages. He said it. It'll happen. And it does. And it has. And it's the same with you, same with any of us, right? You know, God answers prayer. Move on, Robert, move on. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's a subconscious shift, that's what I'm trying to emphasize. It's become part of me. It, it's gone down from head level into, people say your heart, but it's actually, it's gone into being, it's become the part of who I am. And many of us are certain things in our lives. It's become part of it, like pastoring. It becomes your soul. It's like the stick of rock. It's like written all the way through. And that's a subconscious shift that, that the Holy Spirit wants to bring for us so that this stuff will sink and become part of us. And then there's no going back. Yeah? There's no going back. And that's what I'm saying about stepping into that 
attitude of in him we live and move and have our being. We want to step into that. Right, I've spent a lot of time on that. It's then that we stood tall and firm as Christians. We need to know who we are and we also need to know whose we are. Yeah? It's like, I call it subconscious faith. You just believe stuff is going to happen and it does. Yeah? And we all have that. You know, um, so Psalm 119, verse 105. What is light? People say, I need, you know, people are always looking for direction. Where do you find direction? The Word of God. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You know, the Scripture says, um, study to show yourself approved. You know, um, again, that thing I said earlier, by now we should be teachers. There are many, many people in churches who by now should be starting teaching by the Bible, and yet they're still living on the basics, you know. And the Word of God is our, is our direction, it's our light, it's, it's our, um, you know, it says that the Scripture says that the Word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts through attitudes of the heart, it, it divides, it cuts, it, and that, that's actually painful. Have you ever had surgery? You know, it does a good job, but you have to get, it, you know, we have to, do you know there are times we have to allow the Word of God to cut us, but it, it cuts out the bad. We have, to, we have to allow that cutting and that surgery, if you like, um, to, to take place. And even though that hurts and, and then we miss what was removed and we, we we're attached to it emotionally, the Word of God it will always do us good. It's a light to our path. It's a lamp for our feet so that we can go in the right direction. And, and again, we, again, I feel the Lord saying to many of us, um, and I'm speaking to family here. You know when you're at Christmas and you have family around you can say things to family that you can't say to just acquaintances. So if, I'm, if you're just in here visiting, don't, don't take this to heart. But to family, I would say as family, it's time to grow up in a lot of areas. It's time to take on the responsibility that the Holy Spirit has given to us and to, to be able to give outward and minister outward to others. No matter what your, our hang-ups are, the Lord is wanting us to be agents of the Holy Spirit do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can say that in your family. Oh, grow up, you idiot. You want to hear our family? My goodness. It's, um, <laughs> we grew up on insult. Insult and sarcasm is just Irish language. You know, and it's all done in love. But, you know, sometimes things you have to say, just, are you not, when are you going to stop? That's childish. When are you going to leave that bit behind? and move forward into some maturity, yeah? And those are decisions because in him we live and move and have our being, yeah? And it's the word of God that will guide us, allow the word of God to guide you. See, by now, really, after so many years, we, we should all be understanding Scripture more and more. We should be able to discuss um, justification and predestination and, and um, righteousness and understand the gift of righteousness and, and holiness and... The, they're all big words. Did you notice? Some people are like, well, what's justification? If you don't know what justification is after a few years, you need to read your Bible. And we've got the internet now. All the explanations are there. We've got to get this stuff as part of our spirit. Yeah? We've got to know who we are in God. We know that we're righteous and we stand. We've got to know that we're filled with the Holy Spirit and what the Lord's wanting to do. So take that as family. 
Amen. You know, Psalm 119, verse 130, the same psalm, it says, the unfolding of your words give light, and it gives understanding to the simple. The simple. God's really kind. I think that just means stupid. <laughs> Works for me, anyway. Gives understanding to those idiots who won't listen, like me, you know. So God, God's word gives us direction for us to follow in our lives. In any area, you know, money, work, relationships, whatever it is. You know, I want to just talk a little bit about circumstance. What God says, what God's word says is not defined by our circumstances. If you, the actual Greek original, all the original language of the word circumstance, it was actually originally referred to as sins. It, was, it had a reference to sins. But the word circumstance, it talks about being surrounded. Um, it actually means something, means something like the circle you stand in. So you're surrounded by circumstances. You ever feel surrounded by circumstance? Yeah? What's that song? When I'm surrounded by... What is it? Somebody yell it out. When it looks like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. So when we're surrounded by circumstance, that's where we need the Word of God. Because circumstance presses in and crushes, doesn't it? You know, speaking personally, somebody said to me recently, oh, rough week. I just went, rough decade. <laughs> and I'm not, I wasn't joking. If, if I wanted to list stuff, I could give you a long list of stuff that's happened in our lives and all of our lives. We, we're not, we can't avoid tragedies and difficulties and problems and loss and, you know, sicknesses. All kinds of stuff has happened. We've had lots of deaths. We've had, you know, breakups. We've had our heart broke, you know, several times. But I've got a light inside me. I've got a light. That light is the revelation of who I am in Jesus Christ and the revelation of where I'm going. And I will succeed in my life because I will not be ruled by circumstances. I refuse do not let them crush you. If you're standing in that circle of circumstance, get praying and break that circle. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's where you need God's word. <clears throat> I totally don't, need, I don't even know what time I started. Sometimes you think you're five minutes in and you're 25 minutes. Did anybody take note? Don't worry, the worship band will appear so I'll know. I know that they know when to come. That's great. Stop the preacher. Play something. It's great. It works, doesn't it? It's great. You start feeling people come. If you get, the, you get the keyboard first, that's your hint. Then, then you get everybody else. And that's the, get off. Yeah. Amen. Matthew 5, verse 14. This is my last scripture. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Oh, there's the keyboard. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, you are the light of the world. 
You're winding me up, aren't you? That's brilliant. Great. Love his sense of humor. He's talking to his disciples. Are we disciples? He's talking to us then. Because Jesus, you mean, we know Jesus is the light of the world, don't we? You've read that. He says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. And we're like, no, Lord, you're the light of the world. No, Lord, we are, but, we are but sinful worms of the earth, not worthy to gaze in the, your eye and all that. He's like, no, you're the light of the world. Church, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Whoa. City, well, that's, that's a great, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, it's like when you go to Spain. Spain, I love Spain. All them, everything's up, all the houses are uphill. You can't, it's like you can't not see them. They just go up and up and up, all these mountains. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus is saying there, you're the light of the world now. You're the one who shines into the earth. See, we think, we, we, we have this tendency to look on the negative because of our sinful nature sort of thing. And, you know, you see the news, oh, the, the world's getting worse. Tell you what, the world's never been better. The world has been way worse than it is now. You go back a few thousand years or even a few hundred years. You go back to Victorian times, you know, six-year-old boys were cleaning chimneys. Don't, don't tell me the world's getting worse. Because we've established so much, Christianity has established so much good in our society that the forces that are, trying to, are changing some of that are knocking some of that back down. But this is still a great world. This is still a great earth. And the church is a light on the hill. Yeah? And the people are going to look to us. What is this? that scripture says? The nations will come to your light. The nations will come to your light. And that's why we must know the answer. You know, we've done the, we've done the three weeks on sex. I just had to use the word sex again, Julian. <clears throat> we, you know, because you, you said we're going to stop using it, but I, I, I used the word sex because we did the thing on sex. I've now said sex loads of times, Julian. So after we've done the thing on sex, <clears throat> we were given the world answers about sex. Um, I'll stop now. We were given the world answers, the, word, the answers from the Word of God. And because of city on a hill, we have the answers. You have the answer. I have the answers. But we have to get this word into us so that we will know what the answers are for people. Doesn't mean everybody likes the answer. I'm not talking about I have the answer everybody likes. Because the scripture says that the gospel to some is the smell of life and to others is the smell of death. The scripture says the gospel is an offense to many. That's not our problem. Because God will offend people with the gospel. You tell somebody, my father was a proud fool. Thank God I haven't taken on any of that. She's not saying anything. My mother told him he, he needed to repent. And she said to him one day, you need to get on your knees before God. Don't you tell me I need to get on my knees before God. Whenever he was dying, he got on his knees before God. But I think it, had, it took death. He had to be in hospital dying before he would repent of his sins. And ironically, I think God was having a laugh. He came out of hospital lived another year. <laughs> Just... God going, ha, you know. But that, the gospel was an offense to him. And the gospel is an offense to many, and unfortunately that's really sad. But, the, you know, the, the gospel is you need to be born again. 
You must be born. Jesus didn't say, here's a suggestion. He just said, you must be born again because you're lost. Your soul is lost. You're in darkness. There is no light. There's no other way around this. That's the gospel, isn't it? You know, sadly, but that, that is it. So we must, um, you know, we are sitting on a hill. So let's, not, let's stop hiding the gospel. I mean, we don't need to be rude or offensive. We can, we can speak um, truth to people in the right way and in the right um, conversation. It's not a finger in the face sort of thing. It's, this is what the Bible says. You know, what you really need to find out, is the Bible true or not? You know, and just tell people. So, you know, it's like that, <clears throat> remember that song, I'm going to let my little light shine? That's a load of rubbish. It's not a little light. You do not have a little light that you can shine for Jesus. It's a massive kingdom. It's the light of the whole kingdom that lives inside of us. We just don't always realize that. Heaven lives inside of us. The um, atmosphere of heaven. Jesus said, on, on earth as it is in heaven. And our job is to bring heaven to earth. Yeah? Yeah. So we, we must learn what's in heaven and what's not in heaven and do our best to believe and bring that, yeah? And again, it's a, it's a journey and it's a, it's a building of our faith and you, know, you, you try things and you fail, fail a few more times and then you succeed and you're like, oh my goodness. We have a saying in the trade, the man who never made a mistake, never made anything. And that's true in all areas of life. If you never screwed up in ministry, you've never had any success. If you've never messed up in a relationship, it's all the same thing. We always mess up, but we do succeed. You know, and the Lord's, it's not a little light that we shine for Jesus. It's a massive kingdom. And we carry it all inside us. That's light. That's Christmas's light, you know. And I just want to, you know, one last, last thing. One last thing. Don't let your judgment be clouded. I want to say this to a lot of us, especially as we've done that recent series, and you know what, but we've got, to, we've got to release people from our expectation of them, because people, I can guarantee you, are going to let you down. I will I do my best to let you down, if you, you know, but you can't put people on, in a position where they must keep you happy, That's especially in marriage. Your husband is going to let you down. Your wife is going to let you down. She's going to disappoint you in so many areas. He will disappoint you. And, and ladies and men, get out of the Holy Spirit's way in your relationships, whatever that relationship is. Let the Holy Spirit work on the other one. But we've got to get rid of this disappointment with people because I always find people who get this, you talk to somebody about God, ah, well, I went to this church and the people, hang on, I was talking about God. You're now on a different subject. And that's what they do. Because this, we have this habit of letting people bring us down. And, and God's like, well, what about me? We must worship him only. It's a, sort, it's a little bit like a form of inverted worship, actually. It's almost like an idol. People can be idols. Do you know your children can be idols? And we must always worship him only, yeah? And, and let the light of the revelation of who he is affect all of our other relationships. 
So, you know, this morning, let go of the disappointment. Because if you want to mature and move on and grow up, it was time to let go of the disappointment in people. Of course, they let you down. They're people. Who made you perfect? Here we go. Josh, you're coming. Come and stop me, Josh. Gina, get up here. I'm done. I'm finished before the band. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, that, you know, that's a little bit on light. Let the big light shine. It ain't no little light. You have the whole kingdom. And I want to encourage you this morning to make a shift in your, in your thinking, in your, uh, let it sink down into your subconscious that, so that your subconscious faith works. Let the word of God sink in so that it automatically works and just becomes part of you. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.